Amiga Kumar, and today I am coming to you with part two of my first ever book, Gemma Connors and the Mysterious Sorcerer. Please go back and listen to part one if you haven't yet, because you really would need to catch up on this story, since I've already told most of it. But for those of you who have listened, let's do this. Since it slammed through the ceiling, there was a hole in the ceiling. They knew immediately that if they climbed up and through the hole, they'd be closer to freedom. Freedom as in the air, which would be, well, sort of freedom. So they tried to find a ladder, but in vain. Of course, it wasn't made for breaking out, so why would there be a ladder? Fortunately, with Gemma's quick thinking, they got an idea. Together, they piled the slabs of wood from the door which had broken. However, they were short of one wooden slab. The passengers decided that the bodybuilder, who was named Oran Glar, would go up first. He was pretty tall, so he didn't need the last wooden slab at all. Once he reached, he found a few concrete slabs and nearly cut himself on the splinters of pink glass lying around. Taking an old blue broom lying in the corner, which was covered in cobwebs lying around, he swept the dust away to a corner and removed all the tiny glass pieces carefully, one by one. After passing the others the concrete slab, he reached down to help them all up. Once they had reached to the second or maybe fifth, they didn't know level. Archer whispered to Gemma, I think we're being watched. Let's go through that hole. Gemma looked to where he was pointing. Adeline agreed with him. However, a classmate called Mirabelle was very skeptical. She said, we jumped from the plane and got in this mess. Who knows what will happen? As everyone was pondering on what to do, Gemma perked up, but she spoke in a very strange voice. I know what we should do. Meanwhile, in the city where Gemma and her friends were from, everybody's parents were frantic because they couldn't reach their kids. They had filed a police report and the entire city police force was in the search party. They first marched down where the plane had landed, or rather, crashed. It was Hawaii. They checked the video footage in the plane and saw everyone jumping from the emergency exit through the plane. Although the plane was in high altitude, their parents did not bother to check that. They just thought that since they jumped, they would be dead. They shed tear after tear, thinking that their beloved offspring had perished. However, later did they know that not all was lost yet. Back in the old dreary castle, Gemma Connors had discovered that there was a secret passage way leading to a place with light that shone brighter than the sun. 
because she had noticed a glimmer of light. She had stepped forward and it had opened automatically. Everybody, including the skeptical Mirabelle, hurried through the passageway and they could not believe what they saw. Gold and silver trees with bronze leaves and stems of diamonds surrounded them. Beautiful silk, which felt sort of like curtains, were draped around the trees. Hard trunks. The gold trees sparkled in the sunlight. Maybe it was sunlight, maybe it wasn't. They didn't know. Next to beautiful flowers. But they were made of topaz, emeralds, amethysts, sapphires, and crusted with jewels like rubies. Beautiful, fluffy, plush carpets covered the ground with eye-catching designs. It was magical. They ambled forward, their mouths opened wide, gaping at the wondrous sight. It wasn't at all like the dreary castle, covered in cobwebs and doves and bugs they had been dragged to. Gemma, Arthur, and Mirabelle, along with their friends, Layla and Jella, could feel the soft carpet nourishing their tired sore feet. With a loud, sudden clank, metallic boards fell with a thump in front and behind them, trapping them and cutting a silver tree right in half. Here's the next chapter, Bad to Worse. Gemma was really panicking. She didn't know what to do. All the while, she'd had amazing ideas with the help of all her friends, but now they were truly trapped. What would she do? Then she noticed two lamps. It wasn't like they had been there before and she hadn't seen them. It's just like they just appeared. One of them was red and the other one was green. Suddenly, thump, something dropped from the ceiling, even though there was nothing on the ceiling. What is it now? Gemma shrieked. A four-headed monster? A fire-breathing dragon? Don't worry, Gemma isn't mad. She's totally the opposite. But, well, she was just frustrated. I'm sure you would have been frustrated too. Thankfully, it was just a rock, not some terrible monster. But something was written, engraved on top of the rock. Solve three riddles. A green lamp will light up for each correctly guessed riddle. A red lamp will light up for each wrong answer. Guess all the riddles correctly to become free. Ouch! Mirabelle screamed. Gemma and Arthur and all her friends turned to stare at her, and then they realized that a book had fallen on Mirabelle. She picked it up and opened it to a random page. It read, Riddle 1. What can't talk but will reply when spoken to. The more of this there is, the less you see. What is it? Riddle 3. I have lakes with no water, mountains with no stone, and cities with no buildings. What am I? Hmm, Layla muttered to herself. What can't talk but will reply when spoken to? 
Then Adrina shouted irritatedly, I really can't solve this. Adrina's voice echoed. I got the answer, Gemma giggled. It's echoes. Ding! The green lamp lit up. Yay! Archer exclaimed. I really can't solve the next one, you know, said Gemma sadly. Me neither, Mirabelle agreed. I want to get out of this scary castle, Angela sighed. That's it, Gemma exclaimed. This castle is like a maze, so to get out, we need a map. The answer is a map. Ding! The green lamp lit up once more. Then, suddenly, a map appeared out of nowhere. It was the map of the castle. Eleanor, a friend of Gemma's, grinned from ear to ear. Oh my God, we can finally escape from this terrible place. I'm sure our parents are so worried right now. As she smiled, Gemma looked up at the slanted gray ceiling. Her mind wandered from her thoughts. Suddenly, Adrina shouted in, his ear, in her ear, Gemma, Gemma, how are we supposed to get out of here? Don't get distracted. No, ev- anything can happen. There can be a fire-breathing dragon, too. Mm, oh, I think I know the way out. See? Gemma pointed at the corner of the map. Really? Adrina exclaimed. It has three golden trees and rubies. Blam! Before Adrina finished her sentence, a loud noise interrupted her. A four-headed, fire-breathing dragon broke in and shoved a small clock. It read, time left to escape, 10 minutes. It smiled sort of smugly. And also, what is a clock? Well, it's sort of Hawaiian for clock. And shaved, well, it's sort of shoved, but in another language. I think European or something. Why is it in European? I don't know. Before Gemma could speak, the dragon grabbed everyone with its long claws and threw them inside a huge shell. How are we going to get out of this mess? Layla shrieked. Mirabelle sighed loudly. Gemma sighed too. Gemma pushed against the iron metal bars. They rattled louder and Gemma was shocked. They rattled so loud, her ears were ringing. Adrena looked Adrenaline, who was jumping around on the metal. Clack, clack. A loud sound echoed through the room. The sound of hollow concrete, a trapdoor. Gemma had accidentally stepped on it. Oh my God, hurry, we have to go down here. Archer, Gemma, and the others quickly went down. Gemma did a quick head count. There were six of them. Missing, she gasped. Adrian, Archer, Mirabelle, Leela, and Angela, inclu- and the young man who was piloting a plane, were all missing. 
Most of the people were there, but they had to find a rest before they got, I don't know, eaten or burnt? This was really an unpredictable situation. Gemma rushed up, relieved to find Archer there. But he was tied up with a gag in his mouth. Everyone untied the six who had been missing and questioned them. Everyone was curious to know what had happened. The missing few explained that clawed arms had stretched out of the walls. Gemma looked at the walls and shuddered. Everyone quickly went back down through the trapdoor. There was another door there now. Gemma walked through there and smelled the wondrous smell of fresh air. They were free! Then she realized that they were not really out of this awful place. There was nothing but a big blue button that said press. Gemma was nervous, but she did press the button, but not before she asked Archer, Mirabelle, Angela, Layla, and all the last. Suddenly, there was a whirling sound as the ground shaked them all. There was a huge hole in front of them. Through the hole out came a building as big as the hole. It was round and tall and yellow. Gemma quickly opened the front door of the huge building. In front of them was a circle. No, not really a circle. It was a whirling blue vortex, and Archer immediately realized that it was a huge portal. Not any ordinary huge portal. It was colossal, probably bigger than like a hundred kilometers. The portal sucked everybody into it before anybody could say anything, and Gemma fainted again. When Gemma opened her eyes, she realized that she was alone. Not a single living thing in sight inside a dark room. She stood up and looked around, scared. Gemma, are you okay? Okay, 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 okay. She heard that voice. That voice. It was Archer's voice. Gemma turned around and she felt so ecstatic. It was Emma. She didn't know why he sounded like Archer, but never mind that. She was holding on to her phone with the torch mode on. They found a button that said light. Emma pushed the button and the room lit up. Gemma found all the other people in another door. Above it said, Stage two. Why did I say that spookily? Well, because the whole room seemed so scary. They opened the door and went in. It was a mirror maze, and the door that they had opened to go in had disappeared. The same spot there were 18 paper bags, a pair of scissors, and some tape. Emma winked at Gemma, and they started making sticks. Not just any sticks. Taikobachi sticks. Taikobachi 
is, well, dako is basically a type of music. It is a Japanese type of music which is always played in Japan to celebrate the Japanese New Year. She handed out the taiko bachi drumsticks to everyone and said, This is to feel if that is a mirror in front of you. Don't bang your head. And they went towards the mirror maze as one. They promised each other not to let go of each other's hands, as it is very easy to get lost in a mirror maze. Gemma tried to open the door, but it was locked. She sighed, and the rest were just so weary and exhausted and disappointed. They sank down. Layla was laying on the floor when an invisible thing, whatever it was, dropped the key on Layla's head. It was large and metal. Ow! Layla shrieked. What is this? Oh, it's a key. And she handed it to Emma. Emma, Gemma, and Archer stared at it for a minute just to check if it was safe and then inserted it into a keyhole and opened it. That was when the trouble really began. They stepped into the room and started looking for the exit. They went left, right, left, left, forward, right, left, right, right, left, forward, right, left, and left. And they finally found an exit. They were in the grassland and did not know what to do. Suddenly, the sky became really, really dark and black, and a witch appeared. She had a long, pointy purple hat and long, flowing robes. She casted a spell, saying, It was really scary. If you want to listen to part three of this book, scroll down. I will probably have, you know, uploaded it. Here's a quick ad before the end of this episode. Our podcast, Kids Stories Daily by Advika. What are you waiting for? Join us now. For part three, as I said, please turn on notifications so that you will be notified when I, you know, upload part three. A very big thanks to Layla and Donna. Donna for helping me write this book and Layla for the, you know, inspiration of your name. And a very, very, very big tribute to Madam Catherine for being an amazing English teacher. Thank you all very, very much because without you, it would not be possible to write and read out this book. Thank you very much, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Good night. Sleep tight.